Hello everyone and welcome on The Barricades. My name is Bujan Stanislavski and with me is the usual co-host of the show, Dr. Maria Cherna. Hello. Hello. All right, so once again, we're here and as usual, we're going to be talking about some nuances of Eastern European politics and social phenomena. Uh, so today we're going to focus on Romania and on the ongoing teacher strike. Uh, and uh, I hope, Maria, you're going to be able to give us some information, most of all, because we don't really get much information about uh, this process, um, apparently very important one, and uh, that it would be great if you could comment on the most important events that ha have occurred so far. But let me, let me begin with uh, a quote from... Uh, apparently popular media called g4media.ro, which is uh, supposed to be uh, a kind of mainstream, I understand, liberal, democratic yes. uh, yeah, platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and here is what they write about the strike. So trade union federations in Romania's education system claim that, and it's a quote, 87% of those who signed up for the strike decided to continue their protest despite the government's promise of an 18 to 25 wage hike uh, in an emergency ordinance already passed by the executive, uh, which I say, uh, when they say passed by the executive, I understand that the government has suggested it to the parliament. I'm not sure how otherwise I'm supposed no, to. No, uh, no. The emergency ordinance means that it became law immediately. Aha, with the, without the approval of the government. Oh, sorry, of mm -hmm. the parliament. Of oh, the okay, parliament, okay. yes. All right, so, so that's in place already, right? This 18 to 25% yes. uh, increase. Okay, and let me just continue uh, two more short paragraphs. The trade unions don't say, however, how much this means out of the total number of teachers. Again, uh, that's not very clear to me, but maybe you can clarify that. The number of teachers mm -hmm. still on strike was announced at... Uh, 135, almost 135,000, which is in line with the government's estimate of 60% uh, share of total teachers. Uh, the Ministry of Education said that the share of teachers on strike decreased from 64% on May 31st to 60 on June 6th. One can conclude that the government's bid to put an end to the strike by a unilateral decision to raise wages has so far failed. However, Minister of Education uh, I don't know how to pronounce her or his name. Ligia Deca, Deca. Ligia Deca. Ligia Deca. Deca was yes. Okay. Uh, stressed that 10,000 teachers and 5,000 support staff in schools previously on strike decided to abandon their protest. Okay, so that's a very, very general kind of, you know, uh, mm -hmm. approach that I understand some media in Romania apply to this, and it's being copied by all corporate mainstream international media, so to say, in a sense that we don't really get to hear much about this. We don't really get to hear much about, for example, what is occur what has been occurring in Bulgaria over the last couple of weeks. We don't hear much about those things which seem to be rather important from the social and political point of view for the political process of those countries. Yet we hear a lot about, like, you know, this massive demonstration in Poland, for example, in Warsaw, to be more specific, last Sunday, where, you know, 300,000 people, 500,000 people, even 1 million, you know, times zero content remains zero. Whereas here we have something substantial. So, Maria, go ahead and, and tell us how, how has this strike occurred, who's leading it, what the conditions are, and what the prospects are for this struggle. So, this is a rather surprising work 
conflict and protest since teachers haven't been striking in Romania in 18 years. There are two important unions, two unions in um, Romania that are leading the strike. And of course, they gather more than 60% of the total number of uh, teachers. The problem, the biggest problem in the Romanian educational system are, of course, the wages. And uh, let me tell you that the person entering the profession right now will uh, expect to win somewhere around 500 euros, which for the prices in Romania, and especially if you live in a big city, it's very little money that doesn't allow you to sustain a decent living. Because just think about it, if you want to rate what to rent a one-bedroom apartment, that would cost, only that would cost around 250, 300 euros. And that would be somewhere, you know, not in downtown Bucharest, let us be clear. So um, if, you, if you do the math, you understand that the person entering the profession right now is not able to sustain themselves. A recent survey proved that most of the teachers will have second jobs because they simply cannot afford to sustain themselves on this wage that the Ministry of Education is offering. Now, uh, the Ministry of Education and the Ministry uh, of Romania tried every kind of tactic um, not to go against the, the teachers directly because for the first time, Boyan, in three decades, a miracle happened in the sense that students' unions, uh, parents' unions, uh, associations, even the media are for the teachers. I think that Romanians have reached a certain level of financial stability and even maturity, if I may say so. They understand that the person earning 500 euros cannot be a reliable teacher for their children. And this is why I think that, and it was also another important thing that in 2017, it was the Social Democrats that gave doctors a huge raise in wages to doctors. So if that could be made, why shouldn't we do the same with the teachers? So a precedent, and to their credit, the Social Democrats did that. So why wouldn't we do the same thing for the teachers? since it was possible to do it for the doctors in Romania. How much would that cost? Well, for more than 300,000 teachers in Romania, the raise that the government already offered, which in euros would be somewhere around um, 100 euros, you know, paid in cash, because uh, that is after you deduce the taxes. Um, because it would be double the sum, like 200 euros. They offered around 230 euros, 250 euros. But then you would get, after the deduction of the taxes, the net value of that raise would be somewhere around 100, 120 euros. So um, after that, the government is saying, why are you striking? I think they are shocked to see that teachers are not willing to give up and they intervene, the Ministry of Justice, they want to help the exams because teachers um, choose this particular moment to strike because 
this is a very sensitive time. A lot of students are supposed to have the national evaluation exams, the baccalaureate, the, the, the final exams after they finish uh, the 12th grade. Uh, everybody is expecting to for the school year to finish. So this is why the teachers chose this particular sensitive moment for everybody to strike in order to make a point. And uh, the point is that they ask a raise of 300 euros. They ask the, the um, wage for a person entering the profession to be somewhere around 800 euros. That would cost the current uh, raise in wages, cost the Romanian government somewhere around 1.8 billion uh, lei. Um, and it would cost five times or three times more to uh, have the raise the teachers are asking for. And um, we'll see. I think there is a chance. I think there is a chance and I, I congratulate them and I, I, I sincerely hope that this time around they will get what they want because they finally organize, they finally show some stamina and the finally in, even intellectuals and even this publication that you mentioned, G4 Media, uh, said that Digidoze uh, Shipatru, a very, very well-known mainstream TV channel, uh, is guilty of trying to smear the teachers of somehow playing the Russians game because oh my god oh my god are you kidding are you oh my god we should we should uh, we should you know buy more and more weapons uh, they are deciding to strike and they are deciding to ask for money that should be given to the military industrial complex because you know there's a war in Ukraine so that's and too much even media, for that's too much. And this yeah. is the first, this is the yeah. first time in Romania in three decades that a mainstream media platform like G4 Media is accusing another mainstream media platform, Digi Doze, the, the, it's called Digi24, um, is accusing it of trying to smear the teachers, of uh, trying to somehow um yeah play the russian card you know that's russian yeah. interest and it's the first yeah, time yeah. Ever anybody is doing that in romania and i think but it's important this is very very us? important had it not been for this type of pushback mm -hmm. they would have been smeared as our agents or russian agents or irresponsible people and for the first time it's not working mm -hmm. uh, students are not buying it uh, parents are not buying it anymore. They do realize that if you want to have quality, you cannot ask a person to work two jobs if you want them to be 100% percentage devoted to your child. Yeah. You okay, cannot be, ask be, them to live. Sure. Yes, please. Maria, before, before you continue, because uh, I can see you, you caught the flow and you're about to make uh, some other points, which are, I'm sure very, very important and enlightening. But I want to ask this, uh, these two questions. In order to create, you know, to, to make the context clear, first, yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, like, can you tell us a little bit about the union that is leading the strike? And you know, what do you, what, what can be expected of this organization? Do you think they are credible in their actions in a way that they are well, they are prepared to put up a real struggle? And second, uh -huh. and second question, 
how much do you think as a teacher yourself i mean you're an academic of course so you're not like a teacher teacher like who teaches in a I don't know, high school or elementary school or something like, or kindergarten for that matter. I understand those are also teachers, right? So uh, they are, uh, like, how much do you think they should earn based on your own, you know, empirical observations in order for them to be able to feel free and not to have to look mm -hmm. for extra jobs mm -hmm. and to be able to focus on, you know, all those, uh, all, you know, all the matters that they have to be taken care of. That's it. Yeah. So... In uh, Romania's education, we have a lot of unions, but we have two big blocks. The one is the Federation of Free Unions in Romanian Education. That is one of them that is gathering a lot of smaller unions that we have in Romanian uh, educational system. And um, the union uh, called Spiru Haret. Spiru Haret is a well-known uh, Romanian uh, educational ministry, a personality that lived hundred of years ago. So this is what they are called. So these are the two organizations that are leading the strike. And I told you to my surprise, they managed to organize it. They managed to have a voting system saying, look, teachers, do you want this raise? And do you want us to stop the strike? And they said no. So to my surprise, they really, really worked uh, really hard to, to organize this. And all the credit goes to, to them. And um, I told you there is this other thing, because up until now, the teachers, the intellectuals, the journalists, the commentators, everybody was against the school, against the teachers. But for the first time, all these strategies are of pitting the students against the teachers, the parents against the teachers are not working anymore. I mean, uh, the head of uh, uh, parents associations in Romania, because this is also a federation of multiple smaller uh, parents associations said that it is humiliating for a teacher to earn uh, 500 euros and we cannot expect quality education when we don't invest. It's quite surprising. This never happened, but I think it was building up this type of, you know, resentment and this type of, of um, how should I say, pushback against what the government is doing in terms of education because we also have a law. I mean, Romania has a, a budget of 300 billion euros, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see so that I don't... Uh, uh, okay, yes, 300 billion euros. So uh, only 9 billion euros from all these 3 billion euros is given to the education. Why is it so? I don't know, but it should be triple if you'd ask me and i think for you to have teachers and competent personnel coming and entering the profession you would have to have at least what the teachers are asking now at least 100 euros if not 1000 and i would share with you the following experience you know that i go back to the this experience that was very, very interesting where I had to teach in a security master's program with all those personnel from the army secret services and all the rest. And I taught there for three years, but I had a parallel course in this course analysis uh, in a master's program in an uh, education sciences. And I could tell Boyan that unfortunately, the kind of people that came and wanted to enter a profession in security
security in general in Romania, meaning counterterrorism, secret services, army, police, or whatever. So their level, their cognitive level in terms of capacity of synthesizing information, you know, how quick they were to make connections and everything that every indicator of intelligence was unfortunately in the favor of the persons that were wanted to enter the security apparatus in Romania. Because I had this unique opportunity to make a comparison from people that wanted to enter the security apparatus versus people who wanted to enter education. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need smart people to protect you, but, you know, this type of, of, of um, you know, encouraging people through wages, through all sorts of social benefits to enter only one sector of your society is going to disbalance the society. It's a recipe for disaster in the final aftermath. I mean, countries and underdeveloped countries have a huge security apparatus and the rest is destroyed and is down. And you cannot expect persons to enter the profession and to be motivated if you don't pay them enough. I mean, this should be based can I just ask, I mean, ask one supplementary and... question, please? Yes. Yeah, because you you know now when you uh, when you were talking about the security apparatus and how the security apparatus creates incentives for people to join them, even you know on this educational level, in the sense that before you actually become a grown up person, then you you know you you are already on on track to become you know part of the secret service or the police agencies, uh, various police agencies that you have, and I'm thinking. Is this in some way, but please make it a very brief comment, but I think it's interesting, uh, especially for our viewers and listeners to know, do you think it might be kind of designed that way? In a sense, you know, the Americans, when they want to control, you know, our countries, countries of our region, then they do it through various, you know, structures. And, you know, there's this, uh, there's been this, this kind of rumor, so to say, that the Americans have chosen the, the, the prosecution, you know, and the anti-corruption agencies in Romania in order to be able to control or exert a lot of pressure on the internal political process mm -hmm. in Romania. So do you think that it could be that they are just recruiting caters for future, you know, establishment in order to be able to have this? I would, I would indicate the person that is way more competent than me that does a Marxist analysis of uh, American imperialism. And that is the friend of our show. I dare to call him that, Richard Wolf. He explains exactly what is happening where a great power, in this case, the United States wants to exert, you know, its influence or on much weaker countries such as our own here in Eastern Europe. And he discusses countries in Africa, he discusses countries all over the place, but if you listen to his analysis, you will recognize a lot of what is going on because you have an elite, a local elite that is supporting and it's in cahoots, you know, with the great power, it's, it's logical, right? And then what? You have their children going and studying abroad and coming back with doctor's diploma and, you know, opening um, uh, uh, a hospital, a business there, and everybody's happy. And of course, you also have this security apparatus developed enough in order to maintain the status quo and to maintain and to promote your interest and to infiltrate the press and the media and the NGOs and to keep everything under control. This is Richard Worth's 
uh, analysis, I think is more competent that, than me. And I uh, strongly suggest that you follow this Marxist analysis of US imperialism because he's lecturing about one hour about it. Mm. And, and uh, I think it's a very competent. I would, I mean, of course, of course, my intuition is that there has to be a greater power than ours that is structuring this way the society. And the second thing is that they may be a, an external factor, but also an internal one, since Romania's secret services were always very powerful. And now, since they gather so much information, so much power, they are able to use that as leverage to gain even more power. So it's both, I would say, external and internal. But it's disastrous. Okay, I promise not to interrupt. I don't want those people, you know, to get, uh, I, I don't want to, to get the impression here because I'm sure that they are working. I don't want to disparage, you know, and to, uh, to sound like somebody that would want to take money from certain professional categories in Romania. But if you want to have a stable society, and I think even the persons that work in the security apparatus would agree that if you want to have a stable society, a balanced society, you cannot have this type of inequality among categories of publicly paid workers. Mm -hmm. you, you simply cannot. I mean, you cannot have a, a, a police officer, you know, working um, in traffic, earning... 1,500 1, euros or so, and I'm making this up, right? And the teacher earning 200 euros. You cannot have this type of, you know. Because, yeah, if you want to have another, a coherent society, of course. Yeah. Yes, if you want to have a coherent society. And there's another thing. Also, um, I want to go now, if you'll allow me. Sure, sure. I don't want to interrupt thorny, you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very thorny problem because most of the propaganda, I would say, that was targeting teachers went like this. Oh, but they only work 18 hours a week. There are two aspects here, Boyan. I don't know if you ever tried teaching, but when you teach, and especially young people, you are on a stage you cannot scratch your head, look at the window. You are on, on such a pressure and it's so psychologically demanding to be there, to keep them entertained, to keep their, their, their focus all the time, to pay attention to everybody, to make sure that you relay the information and at the same time you make sure that everybody you know pays attention. It's so demanding that let me tell you, after four hours of doing that, you are squeezed like a lemon. I mean, there's no energy left. And I urge everybody who thinks that it's so easy to spend, you know, four or five hours with 30 young students, you know, especially these days where, you know, they have TikTok and they, their attention span dropped and there are huge problems with discipline and uh, uh, um, all, all sorts of other problems uh, related to media consumption and all the rest. So I urge a person to spend like two weeks, you know, and four, five hours a day, not more, with uh, young students trying to teach them something and then they should talk. This is the first aspect that those 18 hours are really exhausting if you really want to do something and you really want to teach. 
Then the second thing is that, look, talking specifically now, I have 150 students at one university where I teach. I gave them five very easy assignments, but then just calculate that I have to evaluate 150 students multiply by five and give them grades and give them evaluations and write personal emails because I cannot, you know, just put a spreadsheet with the grades there because the GDPR prevents it and I have oh to God. send each and every the platform the grade. And nobody's thinking of how much do I have to learn to have to present something and then the evaluation, how complicated, elaborate it is if you really want to do, uh, you know, a quality job in education. And then I would urge somebody who is saying that teaching is so easy and we have, you know, the time of our life to spend, but not one hour, one semester with me. And at the end of the semester to have them, you know, express their views on how easy is this work, you know, and especially today, I told you when we have huge problems with a very, very, uh, how should I put it? hypocrite uh, way of addressing problems like I told you, the integration of children with special needs. They just plant them there. They don't offer any kind of support. And the teacher who is not prepared to deal with uh, such person, such problems, has to deal with it. Okay, you have one uh, child. You don't have special educational units? You don't have special educational units for people with special needs? So little special education. Uh -huh. educational units and they said oh but the special uh, children have to be with everybody else okay i welcome the idea but you can you cannot just throw them you know into this context with these children and then expect things to go super without investing you know in a person that should mm -hmm. be with that student that has special needs a psychologist a counselor education for teachers that would know how to deal in certain situations when a child behaves in a certain way and all of that. <laughs> no, no, you just throw them in there and you call yourself very inclusive. I mean, how hypocritical is that? And besides that, we have problems because the, the current minister of education said that you cannot expel anyone from Romania anymore. And that was, uh, you know, by law, you could not expel a student. And the teachers, of course, said that this is insane. I mean, we are for recuperating and we are for reintegrating the ones that have problems, but just pretending that the problems do not exist and not doing anything about it is just crazy. Now, this is the first one I, I entered probably into too much details. The first thing that the teachers have the time over their lives and they do, they work, you know, only 18 hours. Two months paid vacation. So, yes, 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 yes. they will have vacation and all the rest. Then the second thing was that... Uh, um, Look, dear parents, we have to have an education that is centered on the student, student-centered education. And it sounds so good and seductive, you know, but I ask, what is the first need of a student if not a motivated teacher? It is as if you say, 
um, we have to have a, a system centered on the child, not on the mother. We can hurt the mother as much as like, but the system should be focused on the child. I mean, how can you have such That's a ridiculous idea that you can focus on the child by hurting the teacher? <laughs> this is insane, and I'm no, but but, but as if idea. as if sorry, as yeah. if there there are conflicting interests or contradictory interests between teachers and students or mothers and and their children. <laughs> it's ridiculous, <laughs> like you know. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you have to create an environment that is good for students and teachers because this is the way to go forward with it. Not to say we center our attention on the student. Okay, so what is the first need of a student? A motivated teacher, right? And the idea of pitting, you know, the students against the students' needs, against the teachers' needs, and portraying the teachers as, as these workers that only want to have their, their workload and their salaries saved and not caring about the students and all the rest, and it created such a toxic environment such a toxic environment, pitting the parents against the teachers, pitting the students against yeah, the divide and rule. And divide and rule. And then the third one that is even more dangerous, I see here that in a mainstream journal in Romania, mainstream media outlet called the Financial Journal, we have this survey saying something like this. If the state would give 3,000 euros per student, where, where would you prefer as a parent to have your child educated? In Would you like to receive this money into a bank account and use it for a private school? Would you let your money in the public budget and let your child in a public school? I mean, the question and everything is so loaded. The idea that the money... It's so stupid, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, and so stupid. The question is not only loaded, but very stupid. Because it sounds like, would you like not to pay taxes and then get all those money all this money, sorry, into your pockets and how much richer would you be? And then you would be able to go to a private clinic instead of going to an overloaded public hospital. But of course, it ignores conveniently the entire context. <laughs> like, you know, without public spending, the entire system would have yes, fallen. Yes, yes. For, for the very few minutes that we have. Yeah. This was tested in the United States. A lot of parents bought it. It is Joel Bacall who discusses in the corporation how this was implemented in education in the United States and also in peripheries in the global south where the United States had a lot of influence and unfortunately a lot of books have been written about this very clever way of privatizing education by you know, playing with people's aspirations, idea, and actually seducing them. If you cannot convince them, you could seduce them, asking this type of very loaded questions, you know, that conveniently ignore very important things such as, you know, we raise this money together. Now you want to take it and then you go to a private school that the private school is not prevented by any law from asking more money from you. And of course, they're going to provide better education if they, they get the 3,000 euros that you get from the state and another 3,000 euros from you. And then they would say that the private sector is wonderful, but it is wonderful because it was double financed, right? And it was financed from the parents and the state. 
they should be providing them with the same those who are wealthy enough to put their children in these private institutions, they jack up the prices, they squeeze the parents even more, and the public system only gets students that are so poor that they cannot afford to be in the private sector. This is a clever move that is trying to be made in Romania. But luckily, we are too poor for, for that. I think we are too poor. I think a lot of parents probably would fall for it, but still, still, it's difficult. And I'm very happy that unions are still very powerful. And um, the problem is that we are very conservative. We have a very good educational system. And a lot of uh, parents do not like the system where the teacher is this person that is a service provider and is there to please you as the parent and not educate your child. So a lot of Romanians are still very conservative in this regard, and I think it's a very good thing. Uh, this is a place where conservatism, uh, it's a good thing Makes in sense, the sense yeah. that you transform and you transform the education and the school into a marketing tool of selling services and, you know, tickling the little egos of mothers saying, oh, your child is wonderful, your child is great. Oh. You don't know how much two plus two makes. Oh, no problem. You're a genius anyway. Here, you have an A for today. Let's not, let's not even go there, okay? Because it just enrages me just as much as you probably, I mean, despite me not being a teacher. Yes, and, and luckily, Romanians are not buying this. Luckily, Romanians are not buying this, and they are not buying this because... For most of them, those who want to send their children abroad, they want quality education. And private schools do not really mm -hmm. work in Romania. Uh, can, can you, for the last like minute and a half maybe, can you uh, try and make an educated guess as to uh, the prospects for that struggle? I mean... Ex I think they, they would they, get more. I don't they think they would get 800 euros, but somewhere around 600, 700, they, they, I think there's a, a high chance that they will get it. All right. Okay. Okay. So, Maria, thanks so much for you know the description of the situation in Romania. We uh, keep our fingers crossed for the teachers and for the success of the strike. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to report back on that you know again in maybe one or two weeks' time, and uh, hopefully with uh, with some confirmation. Hopefully, we're going to be able to report some confirmations of that uh, success. Uh, as for now, thank you very much once more, and thank you to our listeners and viewers, and to those of you <coughs> who can afford it, please consider supporting our work. You can find the uh, links in the description box of each and every video. You can support us via Patreon and other platforms, and you can also find our content on this and other platforms in video and audio format. Don't forget to check out all of them and subscribe there. Thank you very much. See you in the next segments.